When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Amber and Ian, but no Ian tonight. Jonathan Zaslow, kind yeah. enough to hang out once Hello. again. Hello, Jonathan Zaslow. How are you this evening? Good to see I'm you. Okay. Good to hear everybody. Yeah, uh, well, not everybody. It's just me. So you're really only hearing me so far. Be a part it's of Amber and Ian It's just a thing that you say. That's all. It's just a thing <laughs> to say, all right? <laughs> On the Dr. Pepper call in line, you can call us. We can hear from you. <laughs> Zazzle wants to hear from more people. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Are subwoofers in a trunk still a thing? You know, when we were kids... That's yeah. Zazla. When we were like teenagers, you had a system. 90s. You had a decade. system. You were cool. You don't exactly strike me as the kind of guy who ever no. had a couple tens in his trunk. No, no. I, but I, I also didn't have my own car when I was in high school. So that's <laughs> I, I, I can't tell mom, hey, guess what? I'm getting installed uh, in the family mobile today. All right. <laughs> That would be quite the surprise for her the next time that she turned on her stereo if you had, in fact, tricked out your mom's car. I was in traffic you today. You definitely did. You definitely had, had stuff. You definitely had the rims and the lights and the speakers. I know you did. You definitely 100%. Did. They were not rims. I was in high school. They were hubcaps that kind of looked a like beamer? rims. They a were chrome hubcaps was it with a, beamer? a gold circle. What is a beamer? BMW. Beamer. Right. Oh, oh, you're. Ex- oh, no, no. I was no, not yeah, one of yeah, those. Yeah. Okay. I was not. Hold on. All you right, guys sure. have. You thought so, sure. too, right, James? You thought so? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was so confused by what you were implying. I didn't even realize you were talking about a BMW. Of course, I did not have a BMW when I was 16. I had a Mazda Protege. It was called the People Peter. You added people of course. It doesn't seem that there was, obvious. There was an, uh, uh, of course, I did not. Uh, yeah. I See, I'm very down to earth, uh, despite the reputation. And I had a Mazda Protege that my brother had given me. It was his car. I tricked it out when he gave it to me. I got it painted. So, so obvious. I got it painted. It needed painting, obviously, when I got it because it was a used car. I, I, need, I got it painted sparkly purple. And yes, what? I put hubcaps on it. I tricked it out. I had the fuzzy steering wheel. I think I had like dice in the mirror. You had, you had a dice and in the mirror? I 100% had a 10 in the trunk, like a thousand percent. And that was then. And by the way, then... When I was 16, 17 years oh, that old. That was so much worse. I, 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 way worse than what I was expecting. <laughs> this was, by the way, Amber Wilson growing up in Siesta Key, Florida. I mean, just. She, she's blast. She's got the windows down. She's blo- blasting Machiavelli. Tu- yeah, like Tupac is life to me. I, I can relate to the music, even though I, there is no chance I'm relating to this music. I thought it was super cool. And I dug guys who also had systems. It was sexy to me if a guy in high school had a system. So that was then. But fast forward 20 years later, 20 plus years later, Zaslo, and I don't hear systems anymore. So I'm at a stoplight today with my kid. And my kid, my four-year-old, asks, hey, mommy, can we turn on Christmas music? Because that's our thing right now this time of year. (laughs) So we do. I put on Jingle Bells. Then some dude pulls up behind me who's a teenager, him and his friend, and they're in a PT Cruiser. 
It's an old beat up PT cruiser. It's a PT cruiser nonetheless. Not necessarily on my list of cars to have a system in, but right. this system was so severe that it was shaking my car. And yeah. so 20 years after me thinking systems were sexy, Zaslo, as teenage Amber, I am now at the point in my life at 41, I am annoyed. I am annoyed by systems. And I was laughing at myself because I was annoyed because yeah. this dude's system was so loud, we couldn't hear jingle bells for my four-year-old kid. Yeah, that's a sad story, you know. I, I, would, I would say... <laughs> I would say if that's if if that's what you found sexy in in the opposite sex in the teenage years, you definitely you never noticed me. That's for sure. And I think that's also I I, I think that's based maybe on where you live, too, because I feel like I'm still getting some of that down here in real South Florida. You're in fake South Florida. I'm in real South Florida Mm -hmm. and I'll still get, you know, homeboy next to me at the stoplight and the music's loud and the bass is pumping uh, we, it's we, not we happening in here. Cooper City, uh, but maybe in Miami. At least you're relatively close to Miami. There is more of that there than where I am right now in Sarasota, Florida. Congrats on being old, though. Well, that's, yeah. that's what it was. It was one of those moments where I'm like, wow, I have definitely turned into my parents. Like, this is it, where you go from that thing's really cool to no, 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 kids, can you please turn down your radio? It so really that's where is I'm by online. far. It really was so obvious that Amber had the tricked out car. <laughs> In high school, it was nothing more obvious than that. Surprises absolutely no one. Uh, it was cool. I was very, very, very cool. Uh, we're still cool. You can find me at Amber W Sports. You can find him at Zaslow Show. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Jury's still out on whether he's cool or not, but it seems like he's not going to actually play football this season. He did a lot of walking it back on McAfee today, all of a sudden singing a very different to now the Jets have until Wednesday to make their decision here with that 21 day practice window, whether they're going to keep him on the IR, which means he's on the IR for the rest of the season, or are they going to bring him off of that thing? And we're actually going to see some Aaron Rodgers action. However many months it's been not long at all since that Achilles surgery faster than we've ever seen anybody come back from this thing on McAfee today. Here is the Jets quarterback saying, finally, that it's really not in the plans to play this season. If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Um, but the fact is, I'm not. I've been working hard to, uh, to get closer to that. But I'm still, you know, 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery. And, uh, you know, being medically cleared uh, as 100% uh, healed is just uh, not realistic at, uh, at 14 weeks. So... All of a sudden, it's not realistic to be medically cleared at 14 weeks. Like, no bleep, Aaron. But where has yeah. this been all of these weeks that we've been seeing you parade on the sidelines yeah. and throw footballs at Jets games? I don't understand him here. I got to be honest. I know you, I know you've been really – you've been on him throughout the season. That's not your boy, all right? You've been on him throughout he the year. He did not have tens in his trunks when we were teenagers. I guarantee I, it. I just – I don't understand him here, you know, because he has had us believing – even though most rational people felt it was unbelievable. He has had us believing that he is returning. He was telling guys on the opposing teams after games, give me a couple weeks. He is leading us all to believe. And maybe the worst part is leading, making Jets fans believe because then they don't have to watch that garbage anymore, I guess. Although I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the, is the fix-all to everything. But he's had us believing he was returning, and now it's, quote, it's not realistic. Like, Amber, mm-hmm. that's, 
that's a really big leap to go from I'm coming back in record time to now it's not realistic and I'm probably still three or four weeks away. That's a really big leap. Uh, it's been a, a crazy about phase here, really. And yet, it shouldn't be because this is the response we should have expected all along. I mean, this is the normal response from Aaron Rodgers and the smart response from Aaron Rodgers. You are a future Hall of Fame quarterback. The entire season for the Jets is reliant on you next season and maybe beyond, but certainly next season. That's where the hopes and dreams are now. They ain't making a postseason this season. There is zero reason for you to risk anything and get back out there behind what's very obviously a broken line. We just saw Zach Wilson get out there, get concussed, apparently play through the concussion, try to hide it from the coaching staff, according to his mom, so that he could be out there for his team, the guy who we had heard reports maybe didn't even want to play to begin with. But when he is playing, he is getting trucked behind that line. There is zero reason for Aaron Rodgers to put himself in that position. And yet, he has been, for whatever reason, telling us over and over again, or at least hinting to, alluding to it. He hasn't told us he's coming back, but he's toyed with us. We had a date, Amber. We had a date. Christmas Eve was the date. And five days before that date, he's telling us, you know what? I'm really at least a month away. This is my problem with him is that it just all feels like headline fodder where he does all this stuff and it's like Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like so deep and intellectual and like Aaron Rodgers. It feels like there's been a lot of look at me over the last few years. It's all look at me, Louie. That's all it is because otherwise what is the point of this? What was the point of parading on the sidelines making us guess having this story hang out there? As poor Zach Wilson's over here trying to start for this team and fill shoes that are frankly impossible to fill. I don't feel like that guy hanging around stealing all the spotlight was helpful at all to the situation for any of these quarterbacks that have played for the Jets this season. And here he is being like, oh, well, it was all for naught. Of course I'm not coming back. It's unrealistic. (laughs) What? Yeah, It's always been unrealistic. It's not unrealistic for us to come back, though. Coming up next, John ja Morant, he is back tonight. We will get into it. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Memphis star John Morant, his 25-game suspension is over. He will be back on the court tonight. As the Grizzlies take on the Pelicans, Jonathan Zaslow, he's on the court tonight, filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So Jaws back. It's been a long time. Zaslow, we know he got suspended 
because of the social media antics involving handguns. He had a couple of those incidents. NBA comes down pretty hard on him. He has been around the team, but he hasn't been there for games. And boy, does this Grizzlies team need him. Yeah, it's he's he's torpedoed their last two seasons, essentially. The end of last year. It's been a really good Memphis team for a while now. And this year they're six and nineteen. Like that's part of the punishment too, Amber, is it's not just the money you're losing, it's not just you're suspended, it's yeah, your actions are going to tank your team's season, and that's exactly what's happened. They're 6-19. That, that is exactly what's happened. They desperately need their superstar, Tim McMahon, ESPN NBA reporter. He covers the Grizzlies. He's joining us here on Amber and Ian. And, Tim, thanks so much. I know you're probably quite swamped tonight with Jaws' return, but let's start with just sort of the team chemistry and how it's going to be having him settle in. How big is it that he's actually been around the team? Because he's been there for the practices. He's been there for shoot-arounds, just not for the actual games inside the arena. Yeah, I mean, it gives him a chance to hit the ground running. You know, he's going right into the starting lineup. This isn't like last year when he came back from that suspension. When he needed to get his conditioning back, he came off the bench for a couple games. Frankly, the team was rolling without him, so it made it easy to kind of take it slow. You just laid it out. They are desperate for John Moran to perform at a superstar level. And they've been starting a, a guy on a two-way contract at point guard. Uh, Marcus Smart, still out. They hope to get him back this week. He's been out for a month with a sprained foot. Derrick Rose, week to week right now with a strained hamstring. They need John Moran in the lineup, and they need, they need him producing at an elite level. Uh, and they need it much sooner than later because it's about to be too late already. Tim, he's... He's met with the media the last couple days now as he's getting ready to play tonight. Have you noticed uh, Have you noticed maybe any anxiety from him, nerves going into tonight's game? I, I didn't notice that. Not, you know, he's going to, like, when he talks to the media, there's certain things that he, I mean, he's basically trying to say the right things and acknowledging that we've heard all this before. I don't think there's anything about playing basketball that uh, creates anxiety or nerves for John Morant uh, on the basketball floor has not been a problem for him throughout his NBA career. There are a lot of things that have popped up off the floor. Um, you know, the, the, the Grizzlies are hopeful that those issues can be managed and that there won't need to be any further suspensions down the road. But right now they're just excited to have him back on the floor and uh, get this thing rolling. Yeah, they, it will get rolling. They tip off in just about 10 minutes and, um, from now, Grizzlies, at the New Orleans Pelicans. Tim, what should be the expectation for Morant tonight? Uh, he's starting. He's going to play uh, his normal minutes. Um, you know, uh, we'll see if, if there's any kind of rust or anything along those lines. I'll say this. John Morant coming back off suspension does not solve all the Grizzlies' problems. He didn't bring Stephen Adams back with him. There's still the couple guys that I mentioned that are out, as, as well as Luke Kennard. Uh, Dylan Brooks still plays for the Houston Rockets. They have not replaced him in the starting lineup with a legitimate small forward. This team still has a long list of problems. The biggest one, though, is John Moran being suspended, and that one's over with. Yeah, quite a different team uh, than the one that he last played with. Tim McMahon, ESPN NBA reporter. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. So we will keep you guys updated here on Amber and Ian. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. When this game does tip off, we will be updating you on 
what Ja looks like tonight. But boy, has this been a long suspension, Zaslow, a story that it did quiet down. I mean, last season, it was such a big story. Obviously, multiple incidents where he just kept getting in his own way and kept getting into trouble. I don't know if any of that changes here with such a long and lengthy suspension. But I would imagine that if it's going to have an impact, it would be in this scenario where not only is the suspension so long and so you're missing the game that you love so much in that regard and being able to compete for it, but the way that things have gone for this team in the interim, I mean, it couldn't have been uglier. Yeah, he he killed their season, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he this, this is a team that for each of the last few years, I mean, realistically, is a contender in the Western Conference. And, you know, Denver obviously looks like the big bad in the West, but, you know, you go back to even last year before Denver won, it's like, all right, it's kind of wide open. And you look at the top of the West right now, and there's Minnesota, and there's Oklahoma City, and there's Sacramento. And I don't know that, you know, a superstar player, a team that has a guy like John Morant, should necessarily be afraid of those teams. They should feel that, you know what, we got a shot to compete with those guys, except his actions completely torpedoed their season. You can't recover from 6-19. and 19. All right, you can't. Like even even if they play above 500 basketball the rest of the way, and like Tim mentioned there, they still don't have Marcus Smart. Like they're still deal, still dealing with injuries. Even if they play above 500 the rest of the season. So we're talking the next 57 games, right? They're 13 under right now. You know, they're going to have a hard time making up that kind of ground just to get to 40 wins and try and get into the playoffs here. And, and, and why did this all happen, right, Amber? It was like it was just stupidity and, and essentially laughing in the commissioner's face, right? That's, that's part of, I think, why the suspension was so drastic because, look, he didn't do anything illegal. I mean, I guess because they, they didn't find any evidence that he brought a weapon across state lines. So he didn't do anything illegal. He didn't do anything in this instance because there, there have been a few incidents. In this instance, he didn't do anything to hurt anybody. It's brandishing weapons on, on Instagram, which I think is stupid. I don't get it. But also part of it is because, right, that he essentially laughed in the commissioner's face. Like, they met after the first time. And he got the whatever it was, like an eight-game suspension and, uh, you know, then was allowed to come back to the team. And, and then it happens again. And at that point, you're, the same thing with Draymond Green right now, right? Like you're, you're daring the commissioner not to come down heavy on you. And it's ruined their season. Uh, it has. And yes, it's a misnomer that your employer only cares when you're doing illegal things. Obviously, there's a lot of employers that care a whole lot about image and they care a whole lot about how you're impacting that image. And that's certainly true when you have a very, very highly public job like John Morant has. He was supposed to be one of the next faces of that league and it hasn't gone completely he came according off to plan. So likable. So likable. So likable. I mean, a rookie of the year in 2020, obviously the second draft pick uh, in 2019, Zion going one. Then he wins rookie of the year in 2020 most improved player and yeah in in 2022 he he has a very very fun high tempo style he he feels like that relatable guy and and then it just it went this direction and if he doesn't get the dad there who cheers for him on the court mm -hmm. like it's a fun type of situation and things went so awry last year it just weirdly so, because you're right. He was incredibly likable, and he seemed like the dude who was going to be poised to 
sort of take over the NBA in that regard. And, and he just keeps getting his own way. The, the number one pick from that draft class as well seems to have some of that same issue in Zion Williamson. So just a weird draft class in that regard. But with Jaw, this is the time now to right those wrongs. Because yes, the Grizzlies season is going to be in such a deep hole, it's nearly impossible to climb out of. But it's not insurmountable from Jaw's perspective to revamp his image. Right, and I did like that when he first met with the media, I think it was yeah, or two days ago, where he mentioned, you know, look, nobody, nobody's going to believe anything I'm saying right now. And it's like, yeah, you know what? It, at least you understand that. Because literally everything you say right now means nothing. It's only about your actions, and especially considering after the first incident with the weapon, you know, he sat down, he had the interview, and he said all, apparently, the right things. And he met, and he said the right things to the commissioner's face because he met with him and then was eventually allowed back, and it, it meant nothing. He did the exact same thing in a rather short period of time. So at least he acknowledged, like, maybe there's a little bit of growth there, right? Where at least he acknowledges, I could say all these things right now, but it, it really doesn't mean anything. I don't expect any of you to think that it means anything, I have to actually go out there and do it. Or, you know, in this instance, go out there and not do it, right? Isn't that what we're talking about? Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Not do those things again. Do it on the court. Don't do it off the court in the way that we've seen. And it feels pretty simple. Like, hey, just don't go on social media and do do things that are going to anger the NBA, right? I mean, just <laughs> like keep it off social media and you'd be good to go. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. It wasn't even about exactly what he was doing, but it was more like he was doing it on Instagram Live and that was the whole problem. So it's an easy problem to fix. He just has to actually want to fix the problem. And hopefully this 25-game suspension did get through to him. He did say that he has been counting down the days to play again. So that happens tonight against the Pelicans. Coming up next here, can the Eagles struggle to be fixed? We'll get into it. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Rolling along here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Yeah. You can find him at Zaslow's show. You can find me find as well. Me. At, at Amber W Sports. You threw me off. Now I can't even say my own handle to find... All things NFL 
are good things, Jonathan Zaslow. Even maybe if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, although oh, it probably hard times right probably now, did not feel like it last night. So let's talk all things NFL. Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst, kind enough to join us. And Hawk, let's start with these Eagles. I mean, another loss last night. The wheels completely falling off. I don't say they're completely falling off. Not from their play, at least. Yeah, it wasn't great. Defense has a lot to figure out. Offense, I can go really, really deep on. I think the most glaring thing for me is the amount of panic that is coming from within the Eagles organization. That's from a player perspective. When you hear Jalen Hurts' comments, that's from them switching defensive coordinators at this juncture in the season. It's just all starting to scream and have the symptoms of a team that doesn't feel like they belong because the the moves that they're making just aren't ones that really good teams make at this point in the season. Well, so Hawk, let's let's talk about that. Jalen Hurts said that he doesn't believe enough guys are are committed right now, right? Or he said something of the like. What what is he, what is he talking about there? That's a good question, and I mean, I I think there are issues in every facet of the Eagles team, and, I, and not like you know, I mean, there's it's relative, right? Like this isn't the New England Patriots we're talking about. This is a really good football team that everyone is kind of like, hey, you know, here's what you got to fill in the gap in order to get where your standard is for this season, which is to be contending for a Super Bowl. So I don't know specifically what Jalen's referring to. Um, but, it, again, it doesn't feel like that they are all speaking about things that are just happening in this three-game skit. You know, I mean, we've all talked about, like, you know, are they legit? Are these, you know, very close games going to come back to haunt them later in the season? It's starting to do that. And, again, just the way that they've responded just feels a lot different than, let's say, the 49ers when they had their three-game skid. How much do you think they missed Steichen and Gannon, their old coordinators? I think they missed them a lot. I think they missed them, if, if nothing else, from a continuity perspective, right? Like, this is... NFL football, and, and it's really hard, even if you understand a certain offense or you run a certain play, or even from a defensive perspective, the X's and O's. But, I mean, the best coaches have a, have, have a very particular game plan and how they strategize and how they see the game, and they are missing that. And there's like this period that players have to get used to the new way of doing things. And so early in the season, that was very clear. The, the, the worst part is that we're at this part of the season – and they still have not cleaned that up. And, you know, there's obviously an effect if they switch defensive coordinators under the radar without telling anybody in the middle of the night. Hawk, I feel like it was a conversation going into the season in regards to the NFC where, all right, we all kind of feel like San Francisco is the big bad. Who is who is there? Who's the biggest contender in the NFC to, to challenge San Francisco. And certainly Philadelphia has been that team, but now you got a lot of people the last few weeks who are jumping off that bandwagon. We kind of felt like maybe it could be Dallas. I mean, look what they did to Philadelphia last week, and then we see what happened to Dallas this week. And even Detroit at times, you know, are, are they for real? Are they fake? Is The question I'm getting at here, Hawk, is there a team in the NFC that's going to challenge San Francisco? I still feel like it's the Eagles, if anybody. Um, and I guess, again, that's more my concern with the team is that they're still, like, pound for pound, player for player, as talented as the 49ers or any team in the NFL. So the issue becomes not do I think they are a better football team than the 49ers. I don't. But 
if every player for the Philadelphia Eagles comes in motivated and decides to play and put things together on a given day, that's scary for any team, including San Francisco. Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian with Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Micah Parsons, uh, you didn't mention the Dallas Cowboys there. You're still giving that nod to the Eagle. Michael Parsons, he said on his podcast that the media is just waiting for the Cowboys to fail. Do you think that that's true? I don't think that's true. I think just, you know, I think Michael Parsons is is new to this school. Um, (laughs) The Cowboys are always going to be the center of attention. Everybody understands that uh, every former Dallas Cowboy you talk to will tell you that everyone in the organization for them understands that. And then given the context of just the tenure of their quarterback, which is how you judge errors for franchises, like he's going through things that we've all seen before. So where he is not understanding, well, we're a really good football team and we're winning games. Like, why are we getting this kind of, well, we've seen this. And, you know, for him being new, I understand his perspective. But he, he has to zoom out a little bit and understand the context of, of how we've covered football, the NFL, and specifically the Dallas Cowboys over the last decade. Hawk, speaking of the Cowboys, the Cowboys are in Miami this weekend, and it's the first time in NFL history that you have two teams with double-digit wins facing off against each other, and combined, they only have one win against a team with a winning record. It's, there's never been a scenario like that before. Is this the fraud bowl this weekend? Do you trust either one of these teams? Um, that's a good question. I won't say that I, I, I distrust them, right? But when we're talking about, you know, looking at teams around the league of who feels the most positioned to make it through the gauntlet that is the NFL playoffs, I mean, I, I wouldn't point to either one of those um, as the top two teams in their conferences. Andrew Hawkins joining us. Hawk, every time we talk, I feel like there's somebody else leading the way in terms of the odds on ESPN bet for NFL MVP. Right now, it is very squarely Brock Purdy, but it changes from week to week. A week ago, it was Dak Prescott. Who right now is your NFL MVP? Uh, I think it's Christian McCaffrey, because I think Christian McCaffrey has been the most consistent. I know everyone thinks this is a quarterback award, and that's probably why the odds on ESPN bet are favoring Brock Purdy. Um, And I think Brock Purdy has played incredible. If you look at the numbers, yeah, I I can see for a real case to be made, but I do remember that three-game skid that Brock Purdy had in Debo Samuel's absence. And I, I feel like the other thing working against Brock Purdy is, you know, now we have the knowledge of Cal Shanahan's offense, right? And and it shouldn't be something that's held against Brock Purdy, no. But we, we know that, not to call him a system quarterback, but the players in his system have great years. I mean, we've seen it with Matt Ryan. And even I would say if you use Matt Ryan as the bar for a quarterback in a Cal Shanahan offense, Brock Purdy probably still falls a little bit short with an extra game in the season. And again, that's unfair to Brock Purdy, I understand. But if I look at their offense and I say, who is the X factor? I'm going to go to Christian McCaffrey because of what he is, he brings to the table and how the, the different ways he's able to affect the offense in the pass game, in the run game, and everything beyond. So, big news of the afternoon came courtesy of the Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays on the Pat McAfee show. And we essentially got confirmation that Aaron Rodgers is not going to return this year. 
We'll see you next year in a Jets uniform. But help us make some sense of this, Hawk, because we talked about this earlier here in the hour where how did we get to a place where Aaron Rodgers was targeting December 24th, this weekend to return, and now today he told us that it's just not realistic for him to get medically cleared that he's still three or four weeks away. That's, that's, that's a pretty big leap going from one to the other. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're in the camp that thought that that was actually going to happen, that would be surprising. For me, call me crazy, call me old school, but every Achilles injury I've ever seen has not made it back in the same year. I could be wrong on the science um, and the advancement that they've made around Achilles tears, but until I've been proven otherwise, I, I never quite bought into the fact that he was going to get back that early. He just wants to be in the headlines. And he's done a good job of it, uh, leaving us guessing this whole time. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers, not Andrew Hawkins, although he likes to make headlines, I imagine, as well, because he does an excellent job for us as an ESPN NFL analyst. All right, Hawk, on your way out here, Tom Brady, he made a comment on an Instagram post on an Instagram comment that big hits shouldn't be taken out of the game that quarter that it's the quarterback's fault essentially that quarterbacks need to stop putting their wide receivers in bad situations with their targets with how they place the ball in their throws what do you make of that yeah I, I agree with Tom I don't think that's changed um just because recent development you have a lot of backup quarterbacks playing and you know I mean we all come for the faces of the franchises quarterbacks you know, our big deal is the quarterback-driven league. And the rules are going to make it a lot easier for quarterbacks who aren't as good to be able to show how effective they are. But I agree with Tom, and that's how I've kind of always judged quarterbacks. Um, a good quarterback doesn't get the receivers blown up. There's, there, that means there's other options on the field. Um, I play with a lot of quarterbacks that way. And, you know, I'll give you a specific example. I play with Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton is one of those quarterbacks that always gets a lot of flack. He's kind of looked at as a middle-of-the-road quarterback. And I don't think people realize how good Andy Dalton is. And this is from one of his receivers who have played with him. In my three years with Andy Dalton, he never threw me into a headache. He didn't ever threw any of his receivers into a headache. Um, and, you know, I've played with other quarterbacks that have done that. And it, it, it really is an indicator of how good your QB is it, because it, it means that you're able and you're a approaching the game, processing more information, that you're not just considering what the play is and who I'm supposed to go to based on what the paper said, is that you're truly reading a defense. And even though this might be a throw, it's not going to help me if I get my receiver hurt or put him in harm's way the end of the game or the end of the season. And so, yeah, long-winded way of saying, I absolutely think Tom Brady is spot on. Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst. Thanks, Hawk. Thank you, guys. That was an interesting way that he he put it there, Amber, where he called it throwing me into a headache. I've never heard Mm -hmm. that term before. Like my son yesterday when he told me about the suspension for the season from the Steelers DB, my my son called it a hospital throw. I, I think it's... I think it's a little. I think it's a little nicer to call it throwing me into a headache. I I've right. never heard that term before. Same diff, though, really, right? Either way, the onus is on the quarterback there for not placing the ball in a better position, which is interesting uh, because certainly it's the DB that ends up paying for it. And now in that game, paying for it in a very big way for the remainder of his season. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian. Should we trust the Eagles or the Cowboys more? 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's got both feet in, and that's going to be the ball game. And this is a bitter defeat. Once again, the defense let them down. The defense gave up too many big plays. And a quarterback, a backup quarterback, Drew Locke, who is not on the level of Geno Smith. You know, we had multiple opportunities in the game to, to open it up, and, and, we, and we didn't do that. I didn't do that. We got to be better. We have to have the right answers you know, as coaches to put the guys in positions to succeed. That was courtesy of Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, and that, is how that is how it sounded. As the Philadelphia Eagles were stunned Stunned, I tell you, Jonathan Zaslow, by Drew Locke and the Seattle Seahawks. They lost. Can I just say? Can I just say real quick? I mean, I know we're going to talk about the Eagles. It's a bigger story, but that was really cool with Drew Locke post game, and Lisa Salters did such an amazing job with him post game and just reacting to the emotion that was happening. And that was a really cool scene with him on the field and and just appreciating being in the moment and getting the opportunity. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed it as well. Did. Jalen Hurt snub Drew Locke for the handshake afterwards. There was, I know there was some fodder about that potentially being the case. There was some weirdness between them with the handshake. Either way, Drew Locke certainly gets the best of that matchup on Monday Night Football on a huge stage. They break a four-game losing streak, the Seattle Seahawks. It's a team that desperately needed a win. They're still trying to make a postseason. The Eagles, on the other hand, they're in a postseason, right? They've gotten a lot of... uh, uh, They've had a lot of success in the win-loss column, but not in terms of the point differential, not in terms of where they're at now at this point in the season. They had the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. It was supposed to be easy street from here on out. The Cowboys take a dive on Sunday. The Eagles are sitting pretty. And then this on Monday night. And this has been a weird Eagles team because even though they've done a lot of winning Zaslo, they haven't looked like the same team that we saw in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, the the reality of it is, Amber, Eagles... I mean, they're all freaking out up there, but and Jalen Hurts is talking about guys not being committed, which I don't know. I'll bet everyone felt pretty committed at 10-1. and one. This is the kind of stuff that happens with losing, right? You start to say things like this. But the reality is this Philadelphia team is still going to win the division. Their final three games, they're playing the Giants twice, home and away, and they're hosting Arizona. Like, they're going to win 13 games. They should. They yeah. should. They're not yeah. an unbeatable team by any means. They haven't been all season long. When you pull the point differential thing, it's a scary stat because that stat is truly indicative of the teams that end up having the most success in a postseason scenario. The truth is you're not getting the Giants and the Cardinals in the postseason. In the postseason, they are meeting the big boy competition, right? Post-season like they're going would be to have so lousy if they allowed teams like the Giants and Cardinals. <laughs> but that's gonna be the story of the Eagles. Eagles here, well, heck, I mean, we are talking about an Eagles team that played a 49ers team with Christian McCaffrey playing quarterback, right? So they've caught some breaks in the postseason before. 
they're not going to catch those same breaks in a postseason scenario now. In terms of the winning the division to put themselves in a situation in the postseason, an advantageous situation, like, yes, they are in the driver's seat still if they win out. But it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that they drop one of those two games to the Giants, right? Uh, Or they stumble against Arizona. It seems unlikely. I get it. But also, I didn't think they... I didn't think they were losing to Seattle. It, it, you know, it, it has not been. It's on the road. The 12th man. You know about the 12th man in Seattle? I'm, I'm familiar with the 12th man. It was rainy like it is in Seattle. Like the biggest shocker cold. about them losing last night, Amber, is the way that they lost, right? It's that Hurts interception and then uh, Seattle scores and then Hurts interception. The way they, they were up 10 most but, of the game. The way they lost was the shocking part, not the, that they lost. Yeah, and here's the deal. That shouldn't be that shocking when we actually look at Jalen hurts this season and this has been my problem with this Eagles team you know that as we went into this season you're a a cow you're probably a cowgirl you love (laughs) uh it's not that I well I certainly don't love the Cowboys this weekend hold on everybody settled down uh fins up okay I don't love the Cowboys this weekend but the point is that this Eagles team they lost seven starters they lost both of their coordinators and I also thought everybody was far too quick to crown Jalen Hurts as the best quarterback in the league it became very very trendy to make Jalen Jalen Hurts, the next coming. Jalen Hurts was a very good quarterback. He did some great things last season. Don't get me wrong. We saw it for a season. I mean, before that, we were questioning his arm and his accuracy and what he can do outside of his legs and blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. Yes, of course, he answered a lot of those questions last season. He also didn't make himself the best quarterback we've ever seen in all time. And I... I, I feel like with Jalen, you know, like he's likable, you know, he's likable. He seems like a good guy. He, he's he's handsome, Zazlu. He's the next one of these like trendy, that, great yes. faces of the NFL. I just feel like he's got like he's got the whole package that we like to see. And so because of that, people were so quick to crown it. And the truth is that man has thrown 12 interceptions. And he played amazing in the Super Bowl, by the way. He was amazing. That's true. He was amazing in the Super Bowl. Yes. Patrick Mahomes, though, ends up getting the best of that game by actually winning the Super Bowl. And he was on a hobbled ankle in doing so. It was cheating at the end. But but he was also on a hobbled ankle. Nevertheless, Jalen Hurts, he has thrown, was it 16 touchdowns, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions this season? I know I got the interceptions right. I do think you're making a really good point, though, about, like, Hurts, yes, he was awesome last year, and he was an MVP candidate last year, and he was amazing in the Super Bowl, but the reality is there have been a lot of quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League that have had an amazing year and didn't end up being a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. You know, it's he had one one. Really, really great year. So I, I think what you're saying is, and we know that you're you're pro Cowboys and you're anti Eagles. I think what what you're saying here is pump the brakes a little on Jalen Hurts. I think that's what you're saying. I, I'm just saying that he's, it, it, you know, there are. Some issues this season with that Eagles team, 19 touchdowns, by the way, 12 interceptions. There are some issues with that Eagles team. And it's not insane that Jalen Hurts would find himself in a situation in a flu game, given he was not feeling well in that game, Mm -hmm. where he throws multiple interceptions when it matters most, because we have seen it. And then he goes on and he says the thing that lights the world on fire. Here's Jalen Hurts. We didn't execute. Um, I don't think we're, we're all we're. Uh, committed enough, you know. Just, you know, just just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. And just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that about being committed enough? Commitment. 
I don't know no, that I had a dictionary on me now. Um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess how are you seeing that present itself? Just, you know, it's a matter of being on the same page. Um, it takes everyone being all in um, in all aspects. And, you know, it, it starts with me. Such a great response from Jalen Hurts. They give that the reporter wanted to know the definition. What do you he mean knew. by commitment? Oh, well, meant... you know, being committed. Right. Uh, he knew. <laughs> he knew what the reporter meant there. I, I don't think it's honestly that big of a deal that he said this commitment thing, but everybody's made this huge deal out of it. I think He's it's frustrated. just a thing to say. Yeah. It's just a thing to say. He's frustrated. Coming up next, who is the NFL MVP this week?